0: What are we waiting for? It's out of here! He's in, baby! We are going, baby! Two years, high school football. Varsity. We're playing with some jam in here. Let's go. Gets a block! Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson still not in and now in for the touchdown, No flag. What's going on, guys? Gun edition of the Connor and Mark show alongside Mark Rogers. I'm Connor Gabe, a very special guest today. Uh, he is a Sports Radio 94 WIP host, also a sideline reporter for the Eagles broadcast. You can follow him on Twitter as well. And uh, Howard Eskin. Howard, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I've never had a bad day in my life. Everything is just great.
0: Everything's great. Yeah, we're very happy to have you on today, and, and really we're getting to the thick of things with the Philadelphia Eagles as this week coming up. And the Eagles are still searching for their new uh, head coach after the firing with Doug Peterson. Just really starting off, um, we've seen some names and some rumblings going on throughout the week. Obviously, Josh McDaniels, Joe Brady, Deuce Daly, uh, uh, some names that have been thrown out. Who do you think is going to be the uh, next head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh,
1: the way it's kind of sorting itself out, and I don't know when people will actually hear this, but as we speak – Uh, and we can tell people it's on Monday night. I, I'm not a Josh McDaniel fan, but I think Josh McDaniel and Deuce Staley are probably the two favorites. And the reason I say that is they didn't, apparently they didn't like some of the other people. I think Joe Brady was okay. uh, But from what I understand, uh, wasn't at the top of their list after the interview, I think he's going to stay at Carolina uh, the guys from Kansas City really don't want to interview with the Eagles. Uh, I was told that. Uh, Mike Kafka may end up going to Seattle as an offensive coordinator if Andy Reid lets, lets him leave. But Eric Biennemi, I don't believe, wants to come to the Eagles either. And if he gets a head coaching job, then Kafka would probably be the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. So, but as far as the Eagles are concerned, uh, I, I was told that by somebody in Kansas City, those two guys – Are really out because they don't want to come here so it comes down to Josh McDaniel I'm not a fan of anybody of Bill Belichick's staff because uh, none of them have ever been successful as head coaches Uh, none of them think about that none of them have been successful as as head coaches where Andy Reid has a just a whole tree full of of coaches that have become successful and then Deuce Staley Uh, from what I understand, had a good interview. Uh, He would hire an offensive coordinator, so he wouldn't call the plays. So it'd be, you would think, or the Eagles think that it would be easier to get a good offensive coordinator because then that person would call the plays. Outside of that, I I don't know who else, uh, because all the other people were hired. So I don't know who else is left. Uh, I don't know if there's if there's anybody left to interview. And now uh, teams are granting certain teams permission to do Zoom interviews. And Eric Bieniemy, from what I understand, may have done one today with Houston. And then the other people, Todd Bowles is in it, so he has to do. But he's in Florida, so I don't know uh, if he was allowed to come over because being in Florida and they're doing the interviews down in in Florida at Jeffrey Lurie's home, it may not be that hard to just fly him over there and then fly him back. But I I don't know that Jeffrey Lurie's going to hire a defensive person. He wants an offensive guy. He loves offense, and I think he's going to go the offensive route.
2: Yeah, and I'm shifting to another major position here, Um, you you know, Carson Wentz, a reporter, came out, this week in the inquiry on his regression and his stubbornness. What do you make of that? And, and do you see a possible coaching candidate coming in here um, and, and fixing him per se for next season?
1: Uh, it's hard to say uh, uh, Carson. It's fascinating over years. I never knew him to be that's that uh, resistant to coaching. Uh, I know he could be stubborn, Uh, he's been told to throw the ball away and he just wants to continue to try to make plays. I think it's, it may be a little overstated, but I know he and Doug Peterson have butted heads and there has been some resistance to what they want him to do. And obviously nobody's going to be happy about being demoted. Anybody coming in knows the situation. Carson Wentz, I just don't think there's any way he's not going to be here. You can't leave yourself with one quarterback. I don't think they're, they're locked in on Jalen Hurts yet because after two games and teams started to see how to play him, uh, he hasn't had success throwing the football. You got to be a quarterback first and a runner second, not a runner first and a quarterback second. So I think they want to let him compete for the job. And it's too bad. Carson's going to have to accept that try to work on things in the off season and accept that he's going to be competing for a job. Nobody's given a job in the NFL, nobody. Uh, and competition is good. Now I saw where even uh, Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams is having some issues with Jared Goff and, I, and players nowadays. I thought it was just in the NBA where they run the league. And I guess NFL players, quarterbacks start to think that they're running the league. And you can't allow that. You can't have mayhem, especially in football. So I, I, um, I think Carson Wentz will be back. I think Jalen Hurts obviously will be back. And any coach that comes in has to know that there could be an issue. But if you really want to be a head coach and there's only two jobs left, and that's Houston and the Eagles, then you're going to have to accept the situation. And Houston has a quarterback problem. Uh, Deshaun Watson ought to shut up too. Uh, because he's acting like a child, uh, he wants to get traded. Well, I'll tell you what: if I'm if I'm the owner, all right, no problem, uh, we'll trade you. However, uh, you got to rescind your contract. That 150 million that we paid you, that's not going to work for us. Uh, so the only way we can trade you because your contract is so big and our cap hit and the bonus money we gave you, you're going to have to give that back too. All right. So if you'll do that, we'd be happy to do this. But these guys want the money and they want to have saying things just don't sign the 150 million dollar contract if you didn't like it so there's only two jobs and they both have quarterback issues so uh if you want a job badly enough and deuce Staley would take the job uh i think uh todd bowles would probably take the job but I, again i don't think they're going to hire a defensive coach and josh mcdaniel who knows he stayed under bill belichick for years and He's been promised that he'd be the head coach after Belichick leaves. And I, I don't know when that could happen. So I, I think it's coming down to those two because they're the left, last men left standing. That's the way I see it.
0: What do you make of Jeffrey Lurie and how he's handled this offseason? I, I found it interesting uh, when he had that press conference and he kind of bypassed um, any type of criticism, I guess, thrown towards Howie Roseman's way of missing talent in the draft and, and signing people to bad contracts and free agency. So how do you think Jeffrey Lurie's has handled this? And um, and what do you think about how he's, his outlook on the whole thing going forward?
1: I think he's been a little too positive based on results. It's a results-based business. He's been positive about Howie Roseman, but the results aren't good um, for whatever reasons, and I can't tell you what they are, uh, he believes in Howie Roseman, uh, maybe to a fault. But you got to understand if the results aren't there, there's a point where you got to you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And uh, I don't know if it's one more year. I don't know if it's two more years. <clears throat> but I don't know that the Eagles are going to have a good year next year anyway. I mean, if they win eight games, I think that's a great year based on the fact of the lack of personnel. You're not sure about the quarterback. You need more wide receivers. You're not sure about the offensive line. Uh, you need players at the safety position. You probably need another corner. So other than that, they got nothing, and they got nothing to. Uh, they have to worry about. But obviously, they need some players. So who knows what this year is going to be? Oh, but Howie Roseman's got to sh- really share in the responsibility.
2: Yeah, and staying on that topic, Howard, of, of how it goes, and obviously, you know, the next biggest event for Eagles fans is going to be the draft, and they're drafting at number six. Where do you see them going with this pick? Well,
1: I'm going to take what, what teams say, and it's right, the best player available. Because in football, any position that you take, even though they have needs – but they're going to have a lot of needs over the next two or three years. So the best player available is usually the best player that you should take. Uh, mm-hmm. They need a wide receiver. But is it a stretch uh, to take the wide receiver from Alabama? Uh, I, I don't know if that's a stretch. I don't know if he's the best player available. Who knows, you know, people speculate that he could go earlier than that. Who knows if he's the best player available, then you take him. But if he's not the best player available, then you don't take him. And you can't ever go wrong if you draft somebody who's good on the offensive or defensive line. So it's hard to identify at this point, a player and they're not going to, I just saw where they're not going to have a combine, but they should know how good the player is anyway. Uh, They're not going to have the combine in Indianapolis this year. It's all, all the interviews are going to be done virtually uh, and the workouts I assume are going to have to be at their schools and private workouts. Uh, They're not going to have all the the things going on in Indianapolis. So, uh, but they, they should have a pretty good uh, uh, book on all these players. Otherwise they're just not doing their job. So I don't know who the best player is available at six, but that's who they have to take.
0: Yeah, and really, it looks like this organization is heading towards uh, some form of a rebuild or a retool, whatever they want to call it. But what do you think the likelihood of, of veteran players that have been here a while, guys like Zach Ertz, uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Grant, Jason Kelsey, what do you think the likelihood of, of those players that are probably going to be traded this offseason uh, to look more towards a, a younger core and try to rebuild this organization?
1: Well, I mean, mention it. Well, Zach Ertz really difficult to trade him because of his age. So I almost think um, – I don't know if it would be future considerations, depending on how much he plays. Uh, I don't think you can get, everybody thinks that Zach Ertz has a lot of value. I don't think so, only because of his age. And he obviously declined a little bit and he had an injury. So injuries are starting to catch up and he's over 30 years old. Uh, I don't know that it's uh, either that easy to trade him or you're going to get anything for him. Uh, You mentioned uh, Jason Kelsey who may – did you mention Jason Kelsey? Yeah, I threw uh, Jason I Kelsey in there. Okay, well, he may retire, mm-hmm. so you're not going to trade him. If any, You would lo- love to keep him, but he may retire. He was really banged up this year with a lot of injuries but played through it. Uh, who are the other players you mentioned?
0: Uh, guys like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Um, I
1: don't think you're going to trade Fletcher Cox. The cap hits too much. Brandon Graham, I think you're better here than what you could get for him. And see if you can get another year out of him. Um, but he had—he really played well this year. He had a really good year this year, so I think he's—he's he's all right there. I—I I, just—it's uh, hard to trade older players because those teams don't want to give up draft picks because anybody you draft is a young player. You're not going to get decent draft picks for older players, so I, I don't think it's that easy to make trades uh, unless you're trading a primo player. If you if the Eagles didn't have a, a contract issue and a cap issue with Carson Wentz, it would be easy to trade him. But you know you got to consider those those facets too. Deshaun Jackson won't be back. I think they'll just release him. Sean Jeffrey won't be back. I think they'll just release him, uh, and they'll start fresh. They got to start rebuilding this team, and that's that. That's really where they got to go.
2: Yeah, and, and before we do move off the Eagles, Howard or just sticking to the draft, in the second and third round, what would you say the position um, that's most needed to be filled for this Eagles team, not only next year, but moving into the future?
1: Well, I, when you start looking at the second round, you just got to see what players are available. I don't think Jalen Hurts was the right pick in the second round because they had other player needs and players that were rated higher than Jalen Hurts in the second round. Again, it comes down to it doesn't matter what positions you take because you can't always draft by position because you got to take the best player. And sometimes it's a stretch if you draft by position. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be available in the second round. Not everybody's declared yet, which could push some people back. Uh, I think it's obvious who it's going to be. but It's the best player available because they have so many needs. It doesn't matter what position they take because they're gonna need that position. I don't think there's any one position on the team where you can say, you know what? We don't need that position. You need every one of them. Uh, it, you know, Is Derek Barnett, if he's here next year, is he gonna be here beyond that? Uh, uh, Brandon Graham, uh, if he's here next year, which I hope he is, uh, is he gonna be here beyond that? So any position that you take, you're gonna need that position whatever position you take, as long as he's the best player available.
0: Moving into the Flyers, and there's really not a lot of drama with this organ, uh, with this team so far. They look pretty good, but uh, something interesting happened a couple of days ago. Jake Voracek was uh, uh, um, answering questions from the media, and, and he kind of snapped back at Mike Sealski. I know you tweeted about it, um, and you liked it from Jake Voracek giving back a, a passionate response. He wasn't really happy. He must have been buried you know, in a story uh, last year. What did you make of uh, Jake Voracek's response?
1: Well, um, players, I wish they would be honest more and uh, more times. Now, it, th- I believe that interview may have been carried live on Comcast for a postgame show. Well, hey, listen, it, it, a lot of times they record them. And if you record it, then they have to edit it, and they probably don't have enough people to turn it around quickly enough when they do that. I have no problem with that. Uh, none whatsoever. If the guy, if it was done to me, you don't like it. Okay, fine. Uh, but honesty is something that we really don't get that much anymore, especially because every news conference is on zoom. So no, I I'm totally for it. If he was pissed off at Mike Sielski, Hey, he's pissed off at Mike Sielski, you know, go for it. Uh, and the fact that he remembered it from last year and he held it in is, uh, and then everybody got to see it. I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, Sometimes writers have a, a preconceived notion when they write something and they were going to write it anyway. So what the hell's the difference?
2: And they were going to write it anyway. So I'm okay. With, I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that. So it was, uh, you know, pretty funny to, to see a player, not, not really funny, but like you said, it, it was good to see a player, you know, react and, and speak his mind in that point of time. Um, but shifting to this team this year, I know we're only two games in and obviously it's, it's a condensed season due to the pandemic. What um? What do you make of this team in the first two games? And, and do you think they have a chance to go to the Stanley Cup this year? Well, I'll say this. Two games is not a real
1: good gauge. And from what I understand, Pittsburgh might not be that good a team this year. So they played two home games. Uh, and when we've done this, they played two home games. And the third game is against a bad team, too. It's against Buffalo. So the way they set up the schedule uh, is pretty favorable for the Flyers early. But then, obviously, they're going to have to go on the road at some point and play more games on the road. They're a better team. They have good young players. Uh, They look like they have a really good goaltender. But uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning is still the best and the best team in the conference uh, I, I unless they suffer a lot of injuries uh and we'll see um we'll see how the the boston bruins are and they'll play them soon so with all that said uh and the, let, let's see them play on the road not that the fans make any difference but it's still travel and it's really much easier at home they're a good team uh, i don't know if they're good enough to get to the conference finals but they have a chance for that. I don't think they're a Stanley Cup team, uh, Stanley Cup finals team. I think they might be in the next couple of years, but I'm, I just don't think they're quite there yet. They're still too young.
0: Yeah, and moving into the 76ers, you said on your show on WIP, I believe, on Saturday that um, you know Ben Simmons' trade value around the league has gone down over the past, uh, you know, about about past season. Where do you think the outlook is with Ben and, and how do you view him this season and going forward? And do you think there's a chance that, he gets dealt really closer to the deadline?
1: Um, I think they have to trade him. I think Daryl Morey absolutely has to trade him because you're never going to win a championship with Ben Simmons. There's not a position for him on this team except center because center, you don't have to shoot. You just down, stay down low, you rebound, and that's the end of it. Now he's playing a lot of power forward uh, it, because they put the, anybody can play point guard because everybody can handle – and everybody can pass. All you're passing to is an open shooter at the three-point line. It's not exactly tough to make a pass uh, when you're in the half court to an open shooter at the three-point line. And you get an assist when he makes the three. The real ability in that, uh, in that situation is with the shooter, not with the passer. I mean, anybody can pass to an open shooter. I just don't think Ben Simmons can do enough. He obviously can't shoot, not a little bit. Uh, he, he doesn't want to shoot. He apparently doesn't work enough on it. They can't win with Ben Simmons. And they only got about three years left with Joel Embiid because big guys usually physically uh, don't hold up past that. And he'll be in three years, he'll be 30 years old. So you only have a three-year window. They should have made the James Harden trade. I don't even care how many first round picks they give up because they're all those picks. If you're a good team, aren't that good anyway. So you just find other players. If you're good enough in scouting, find players in the second round. I I just, uh, they're a good team, but they're probably no better than the fifth or sixth seed in the conference. You know, again, you don't know what teams are going to have injuries. Uh, You don't know how they're going to set up the schedule because Boston's missed, uh, I think, maybe three games at this point. Uh, and, And how they're going to reschedule games and how that's going to affect Joel Embiid. There's going to be a lot of times, I guess there's going to be back to backs when you reschedule them. There's going to be three games in four nights when you reschedule them. And he obviously just doesn't have the energy uh, to be able to play in that situation. And he's, he's the guy you got to ride with, but he's got to, he's got to play more of a full game rather than just play halves. Uh, It seems like he's in usually in the first half, he doesn't, Really exert that much, and we haven't seen him yet. It's still early. Uh, What he's going to have left later in the season in the fourth quarter? A a good team, but not good enough to even get to the conference final, in my
2: yeah. And and two bright spots on this team, Howard. Um, Obviously, one being a rookie and Tyrese Maxey and and Shake Milton. Coming off, I believe, a 31-point performance a few nights ago. What do you make of these two guys um, play this year, and and do you see them being future superstars for this team? Superstar is a strong word. I I see them being solid
1: offensive players. The game's all about three-point shooters and dunks, and now everybody shoots a three. Uh, It seems like they're a little streaky, uh, but at least they shoot and they – they forced the other team to spread the floor a little bit uh, defensively. I don't know. I don't know that they'll ever be superstars, but they could be good solid players because they obviously have offense. And if that's the case, then Ben Simmons shouldn't be a guard. And he's a waste at forward. Uh, it's just because everybody thinks he's a lockdown defender. I'm not so sure he's a lock. When you're playing players at guard that you're five inches bigger than, Uh, that's not a big deal to me. He doesn't look like he's really good on the switches. And at forward he's playing more guys his size. So um, I I just don't know if he's a fit. If you didn't play him for a game, I don't think you'd miss that much. You're not getting points. You know, and I love the people that say, well, assists lead the points. Anybody can pass it to a three-point shooter. And that's what he does most of the time. Uh, He passes it to a three-point shooter. So who a lot of times is open, uh, you know, because teams double other players. So I, uh, I I just don't know where they go, but I'm good with uh, Shake Milton and Maxie. Uh, I think they're nice players. I do.
0: Moving into the Phillies, um, now the biggest topic, obviously, this offseason, I know they did change um, leadership and a new general manager and pre- uh, president of baseball operations, but obviously JT Romuto is – uh, you know, number one move here for the Phillies if they want to go out and get him. I know there's a report that they reached out and offered him a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. Uh, even if they do resign JT from Muto, it seems like they do have a lot of work to do to fix this roster. Is, is does JT really move the needle at all for them?
1: Uh, he's a good player, but they didn't win with him last year. So, uh, and I wouldn't offer. He wanted six years at 180 million dollars. And he wasn't going to get that, especially with the situation the country's in and the financial state that baseball had to endure last year. Uh, I think five years at 100 million is kind of where he's going to be, unless somebody steps up. And that's fine. I wouldn't give him more than five years because, as a catcher at his age, he's probably not going to catch as many games in three years. He's probably going to DH because eventually uh, I would think that, and I'm not in favor of the DH rule, but. Uh, eventually he's probably going to DH and play first base. Uh, so, and you're paying him to be a catcher. Now, I, I think that's a fair deal. They did the right thing. And if they don't sign him, they should use that money to spend on other players. And I know the Phillies think that uh, they had a zoom conference on Monday that, you know, they hope they get it done soon before spring training, which is uh, in the middle of February. But, uh, if I remember correctly, Bryce Harper didn't sign till what, a couple of weeks into spring training. So guys just want their money. They don't care about waiting. Spring training doesn't mean a lot to them. They're in shape, and they're just going to wait for somebody to jump up and pay them. Uh, there's not many teams left that are going to spend that kind of money for JT Riamuto. And Toronto, if they don't get some other players, they might go after him. And if the Phillies lose him, I'm okay with that if they use the money to go out and get other players. I'd rather have Springer than JT Real Muto. He's a leadoff hitter. Uh, He won't wear down as quickly. Uh, Both pretty much the same age. And he's a leadoff hitter. And uh, he's just, he does more things for a team. And he's a terrific center fielder. And they need a center fielder. To put Hazley and Quinn out there again, spare me. Uh, I don't I don't really want to see those guys out there in center field anymore. I'm, I've had it with those guys.
2: Yeah, and, and just staying on that topic of the Phillies, uh, Howard, what do you make of the Dave uh, Dombrowski hiring? And, you know, with Lindor now coming over to the Mets, it makes this division highly competitive. Do you think he can make moves um, in the offseason to keep this team competitive in this NL East division? Well, to make moves, you got to have a farm system. And he's got
1: to build up the farm system first. I know that's not the easiest thing to do. Their farm system sucks, and to be quite honest, it really sucks. And uh, they can, you know, Andy McPhail can say all he wants about the WAR numbers. I don't care about WAR. I care the way people look at him. And uh, baseball people rank them in the twenties, near the bottom, uh, in uh, with their farm system. So, and they only have one guy on the team that's any good out of their farm system, and that's. Uh, I'm not ready to, to to buy in on Spencer Howard yet. He didn't show me anything yet. Alec Boehm is the only player, but they need more to be able to trade for players. Uh, and they're trading for players and they're giving up nothing. Well, you get what you pay for a lot of times. They need some young players to be able to trade for them, but they're not ready. They're not ready to win the division. Uh, and they might try to tell you that obviously they want to, but they may be the fifth best team in their division because Miami's got really good young players. Uh, Miami still may not be done yet. And um, the Mets are better. Washington's better and Atlanta's better. I don't think there should be any dispute about uh, Atlanta and Washington and the Mets made themselves better. And so, and that owner doesn't have to worry about finances because he just bought the team. So he didn't suffer all the losses last year. And he's got so much money, it doesn't make any difference. But now they got a little way to go, but they got to improve the farm system first. And then making trades, what are you going to trade? What do you have to offer? I don't know what you have to offer. Uh, so, because usually there's young players that are involved in trades. Uh, I know, uh, who was it? Pittsburgh, San Diego, and somebody else got involved in a trade. San Diego is going to be really good. The Phillies are lucky. Uh, they're not in their division, but San Diego will be one of those teams that competes for a wild card, uh, if not winning the division. So that's another team that they now have to worry about. They're going to be, they have really good young players and they've really improved their team. Uh, so now nah, the Phillies got to improve the farm system first. That's the way you win. You just don't go out and sign free agents say, oh, we're going to win signing free agents. Doesn't work like that.
0: You'll follow Howard on Twitter at Howard Eskin. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Howard, thank you so much for coming on today and covering all the bases with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully we can do it again sometime down the road.
1: All right. Well, good luck to both you guys. And uh, I'm just trying to think to leave you with this, the team with the best chance to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And there's still a couple of years away are the flyers. I think the Sixers, as long as Ben Simmons is here is in no man's land. Um, I think the Phillies, Still have a couple of years to go. At least they have to build a farm system. So the Flyers and the Eagles need to improve that roster. Um, I guess they need a coach first, but they need to improve that roster. But good luck to you guys, and uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks.
0: Same as well. uh, We'll talk to you guys next week.